Welcome back to Effort Over Everything Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleba, and on today's episode, we have multiple-time guest Matt Boudreaux on the show, not only to talk about Apogee Strong and Acton Academy, which he's doing incredible work to build young leaders, but in particular to talk about a social media post that he put up. And it was about this idea of, I would die for my child, and then he comes back and says, I believe you, but would you live for them? And when I saw that post come up, I wanted to understand more about what he meant. And from all of his perspective, dealing with tons of parents, tons of children, I want to dive deeper with him. And that's exactly what we did in today's episode. For for any parent out there, this one in particular definitely hits home for me. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed talking about. I always get a ton of insight from him. Before we dive into it, want to remind you about a partner of ours, a company we've been working with for quite a while now, Merrick Health. If you've listened to our other episodes, you've definitely heard us talk about this. I've had my blood work done. Our team at NC Fit has had their blood work done. And I think they've done a really good job of making it accessible. For years, I just didn't want to go get blood work done. It was just a pain in the butt. They did a good job of not only consulting me, uh, supporting me through the process, making sure that I had someone there to kind of walk me through it, but also just made it easy in terms of knowing what the blood work I was going to get and how I was going to be able to get the data I needed to make the right decisions for what needs to be happening in the future. Now, luckily I'm overall pretty healthy, but it was nice to know that. And I'm going to go back for regular checkups, getting my blood work done through Merrick Health. So if you want to go check it out and you've been thinking about getting blood work done, I think these guys are doing a really good job. Use code EOE for 10% off and make sure to check out the podcast show notes for the website to go directly to the same exact blood panel that I got in particular, which is really uh, comprehensive. Without any further ado, let's dive into a great episode with Matt and this idea of, I believe you would die for your child, but would you live for them? Let's go. Crazy, man. It's so crazy. You know, Matt, we we were talking about, uh, I recently just got back from a GORUCK event in uh, Florida, and I happened to meet uh, Tim Kennedy for the first time in person. Now, you and him have known each other for a while. You guys actually do business and work together, and we started talking about him. So I was like, you know what? Let's just start recording because he is a very unique human, and uh, you guys work together on Apogee Strong. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, I worked together on Apogee Strong, and then um, you know, as we were putting Apogee Strong together, we were sitting at this cafe and kind of finalizing everything before we launch. And he goes, man, I love these schools too. What, tell me more about these schools. And so we started talking about it and he's like, man, I want to do this. I want to launch one of these schools. And uh, so I jumped on the phone and, and kind of made it happen. And so, you know, I help him out with, with the school part as well. I love it, man. Yeah. We, you know, I, uh, so I, I, the subject that I want to talk about today, and I want to talk about Tim for a minute, but yeah. the subject I want to talk about today was a social media post that you put up, which I think all parents, should reflect on. Um, I do want to get to that in, in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. It was really powerful. And looking at social media, uh, it looks like they agreed that it, it, that post went wild. And so I want to talk about um, this this post you put up on social media. Before we get there, yeah. I just I have to give a shout out to uh, to Tim Kennedy. This guy, you know, if for those of you who don't know who he is, uh, UFC former UFC fighter, black belt in jujitsu, um, you know. Uh, Green Bray, uh, he just he has a lot of different uh, accolades, but um, he's just like the world's most interesting man. I mean, I met him. We just like put out some mats and threw down, which like I feel like two gorillas in a in a in a you know, <laughs> exactly. like a, in a zoo. zoo? <laughs> and, yeah. and then we go to dinner, and he's sharing different stories. I just it, it really was inspiring to see how someone as um, uh, equipped 
yeah. like as him with the amount of skills he has could be as compassionate, nice and friendly with so many people around him. It's just very authentic. And I think it's in alignment exactly where, where you want to go with what you're doing. Yeah, it's exactly it, man. He is, um, you know, he and I, when we work with these young men, we talk about being the savage and the gentleman, right? We talk about being able to ride both lines and, and what people don't, you know, if you don't know Tim, you see, you obviously know he's a badass. Um, and you see his goofiness, you know, he posts so much goofy stuff. Like, you don't. what people don't understand is how so far on the other side of the badass he can be, right? Can be the, the nicest, most authentic dude. He's got that silliness. He's also one of the most intelligent. And I know a lot of people that are really, really smart. He's one of the more intelligent people I've ever met, period. He's brilliant. And, and, and he's wise too, right? Based a lot on, on the experiences that he's had. Um, and those are different things, you know, and, and his ability to stay focused on doing good when he is also continuously seeing so much evil, like it yeah. blows my mind every time I talk to him. Would you say it's like an avatar of where for some men, and, and he might be a, a on the outskirts of like normalcy here because of his life experiences, being at war, going, doing all these different things. But would you say that like, he gave a, a presentation um, when we were at this uh, this GORUCK event called San Sandlot Jacks, where um, he he spoke about being a monster on mm -hmm. one side, and then like you said, like being a gentleman and being a monster, you know, and this kind of these this this balance. Yep. And um, would you say that he's? I, I know he's probably an extreme example, but that's kind of the avatar where you're trying to get all of your young leaders to get to is this idea that they're fully capable human beings, but yet they have the compassion of a, of a compassion of a monk, but the, the ability of a, of a warrior. That's, is that kind of, <laughs> that's it. It's exactly it. Right. Cause we all, I mean, when we talk to each other, like you and I talk to each other as, as friends and guys that have similar interests and all this, and we have these conversations. And then when we go talk to our, our wives after this, we're still us, but we're different versions of us, right? We don't have the same kind of relationships. And the reality is that's how everybody interacts with the world. And we want our young people to be able to recognize that and then to exponentially, um, you know, be able to increase their, their uh, impact in all of those areas. You've got to have that, you know, those different abilities. That's exactly what we're doing with these young people is just heightening what's already there in so many different facets. Now, you had a recent Apogee um like uh, you had a, you yeah. brought the the young, the, you know, the, the mainly boy, all boys actually. You oh. brought them in, yep. and uh, unfortunately, I was traveling at the time when you had that yep. event. But how did that go? Because I saw some um, some things on social media from that particular event. It seemed really powerful. So you know, your your Apogee Strong um, program mm -hmm. is traditionally a digital program, and I've been fortunate enough to to be a speaker on there, but. I think in this day and age, right, that this, this digital world is very powerful because we could connect like we are right now. Right. But at the same time, there's nothing that that matches, hey, just shaking somebody's hand and being somewhere in person with them. So, so what was that experience like? And how are you bridging the gap between digital and in person for these young leaders? Yeah. Um, Oh, so it's so rad. So, you know, the program itself, yes, it's digital in terms of, of getting to meet, you know, we bring on, you know, quite literally what I think are some of the best men in the planet yourself, you know, yourself included who come in important to these guys on a week in week out basis. So we meet together virtually every week because these guys are all over the world. They're in multiple countries, obviously every state. Um, but the crux, the, the meat and potatoes of that program 
are the challenges and are the projects. It's them getting out in their communities and leading by example, you know, giving themselves experiences in their communities. And those guys will be the first ones to tell you as rad as it is to have Jason Kalipa come on and talk to him as rad as it is to have, you know, Navy SEALs and actors and NFL players and musicians and comedians like that's awesome. But the growth happens when they get out into the community. Right. So that's part of that bridging the gap between, you know, we get this virtual thing, but that's to fire them up to go out and lead in the real world, you know, and, and, um, you know, getting to have all these young guys and obviously not everybody could make it because, you know, these guys are quite literally all over the world, but um, so many of them were able to come to, to North Carolina with their parents a couple weeks ago. Um, they all stayed in kind of the downtown Asheville area. We met up early in the morning. Um, and for so many of these guys, this is the first time seeing each other in person, yeah, it was just the camaraderie, man, that they've already built because they're going through all these struggles together. They're they're meeting with the mentors on Fridays, but they're also doing accountability calls during the week. They're on Discord servers during the week, right? These guys are continuously pouring into each other all week long, and so they got together and it was just like a family reunion. Like they were so happy, they were hugging, they were jumping on. We jumped on this bus, and it was like they'd known each other their whole lives, you know, because they're going through all this together. So. Um, it was rad, man. We went out to a ropes course um, that, you know, I knew a lot of them don't like uh, heights and this is a pretty challenging course. And so they went out and it was just like that positive peer pressure. just like, cool, man, um, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it. And they were cheering each other on. And then we went from that ropes course over to American top team yeah. uh, in Nashville. And uh, you know, the, the guys there were just freaking amazing. And they're like, Hey, do you, you know, do all these guys have martial arts experience? I'm like, mm, maybe half of them. Um, and they're like, cool, should we make it, you know, not so hard? I'm like, oh, hell no, no, like, let's go, let's get after it. And uh, and they put us all through the ringer for a couple of hours and the young men just, you know, would not quit. Dude, it was so great. And then a banquet afterwards, they all wanted to say something publicly in front of their their peers and the parents. And it was a, um, you know, it was a magical day, man. I mean, it really was. So the Apogee Strong program, when did you guys, so for those who um, haven't listened to, our previous episode together, um, you have in-person brick and mortar schools, which are right. um, an, an evolution on your experiences in in school, which yep. if you haven't checked out that episode, make sure you go back uh, maybe you know uh, a month or two. And there's a great episode with Matt describing what he does at his schools. Mm -hmm. Now, Apogee Strong is, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, a digital version of this. Now, when the, when the gentleman came, um, you know, that shared suffering, I think, is such an important concept. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to do that digitally, you know, the, the bonds that are fostered within. And so I'm curious how, from a martial arts perspective, what have you found? Have you tried from fitness and martial arts? Yeah. Is one better than the other or is it just all the same thing? Like, hey, it's all just shared suffering. We're going to get them to do something physical together, whatever it is. And that's going to help them break these bonds. Or is there something about actual hand to hand or those movements that you've seen a different impact? I'm just curious. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think just speaking from a personal standpoint, that that hand to hand, there is a different um, there is a different level of respect or maybe a different bond um, that's that's created. You know, and, and I have, so like I've gotten to work out with, you probably don't even remember, but I've gotten to work out with you. The first time I ever met you, I got to work out with you because you were putting us through a, a workout uh, at the L1 in Aromas, like years and years and years <laughs> ago. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I've always had respect for you as a physical, um, you know, as a person in general, but your physical abilities is something that, you know, was obviously, a, um, you know, a big part of that. 
But the men that I've stepped into a cage with, the men that I've stepped into a ring with, the men that I've shed blood and they punched me in the face and I punched them back and we got done after, it's just a different kind of bond, you know? And so I'm not saying one's better than another, but it's definitely different. You know, there's definitely <laughs> a different kind of respect, man. So, you know, these guys, they have that shared suffering in their, their workouts, the projects, the challenges. It's really a shared mission. Um, but there's just a different level, man, when you get in there and start, you know, start getting after it physically yep. with one another. It's rad. <laughs> I saw the video of um, them doing some like warm up drills in the wrestling room. And I thought it was just it was just really fun to watch them sprawling and kind of doing some uh, sit outs. It was it was really cool. Um, well, I love what you're doing, obviously. And I think on social media, you've done a good job of kind of being the beacon of um, supporting men in particular, kind of be better versions of themselves. And I think there needs to be more and more of this, obviously, you know, for a variety of reasons. But the social media posts, and we'll dive right into it, that you put up, which I found particularly compelling, was, and I quote, I would die for my child, is like the in your quotes. Mm -hmm. And then it's, I, I believe you, but would you live for them? Would you get yourself healthy? Would you eliminate distractions? Would you lead them more intentionally? You'd only have to die once. You have to live every day. Go do that. And I found this to be really interesting because in particular on the fitness side, and we will dive into a, a bunch of this, but when people say like, I'll die for my child. I, 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 I do believe them. I, yep. I a hundred percent believe them. And I, and I think they believe it. Right. I, I don't think, I think they would act on that. Yep. So do I. And, but, but then it's really interesting when you flip the script, right? Where you say, Hey, you're prepared to die for uh, your child. Mm -hmm. And if we all agree on that, then why wouldn't you then take that a step further and say, Hey, I'm going to take what's in my control today, which is living a healthier lifestyle improving my fitness to live longer for them be a better version for them it's it was a really compelling uh social media post and i just want to dive into it because I, I thought where'd you come up with that kind of that that sequence there I, I appreciate that man um you know really it's um what ends up happening is a lot of things that i that i post like i'm consistently in my own head um and being in trying to be in, as intentional as i can in, in my own life right i'm in, always in my own head going am i doing right. And I'm auditing my wife. I'm auditing all three of my kids because they're all three very different human beings. And I'm, I'm going, Hey, is this person getting what they need? Is this person getting what they need? It's my responsibility to lead them. Right. And so I've got to put them first and I'm and I've got to take a look at that. So I'm consistently in my head on these things. And then I also get the distinct pleasure of working with so many young people, which means I work with their parents. Right. So what ends up happening is I know I'm doing this is in, in my own head and I mess it up all the I mess it up all the time. Right? I go back and go, oh, man, I would have changed that decision. I should have done that better. But I also get the opportunity then to work with all of these other parents, work with these other dads as they're working through their issues with their own young people. And so what ends up happening inevitably is I end up having conversations with dads who are facing something and maybe I've faced it, maybe I haven't, but it makes me think through the scenarios and so this was just, you know, it was a, it was a product of that. You know, one of the dads says, oh my God, you know, of course I want the best for my kid. I would die for my kid. And I'm like, man, I would too. And we had the same conversation where we're like, of course, most parents were, but I just went, man, Tommy, that's great. You would die for him, man. But your problem right now is that you're having trouble living for this young man. 
Like, that's what you're having trouble with. He's like, shit, man, you're right. Like, I'm not, you know? And so then it was like, okay, so what do we need to do to fix that? And so anything I post is just a product of really, it's my experience and, and my thoughts around that kind of stuff. This is prime example. Dude, I, I think that's so powerful. You know, when my, when Ava was diagnosed with leukemia, I just remember telling myself like, dude, I wish I was in her shoes and, and I wish I could switch places with you. And honestly, that's the way I felt. I, I really wish I could switch places with her. Totally. Now at the time I, I, I couldn't. And I, I would say that most parents, again, like, like we're talking about, would, would say the same thing. And they're not just saying it. They're, they're actually believing it. And, but it's like, what are the steps then? I mean, you get so much exposure to so many parents and so many kids that most people don't have. You know, I have two children. I'm, you know, my wife and I got together when we were 15. So my, my exposure is limited in terms of like relationships. You know, I've had one strong relationship and my, I only have two kids, but you, you have more kids. You've had, you've seen many, many relationships. So when you talk about this idea of, you know, are you living, um, but would you live for them? In particular, what are you seeing with your your the parents that you think could be improved on? It, it, I mean, obviously, it's an awareness thing, but what in, anything in particular stand out to you? Do you think there's areas of improvement from a parent perspective? Maybe we could hit the different verticals you're thinking of yeah. here. Yeah, I mean, you know, I get a lot of uh, a lot of people will reach out and go, "Okay, well, you know, do you have a favorite um, a, a favorite book or a favorite program?" Uh, around parenting, you know, that you would read and whether they're, you know, these are people that are parenting teens or they're about to have their first, you know, child or anywhere in between, right? And, and what I tell them is that there is no blanket answer to that because the best parenting book is what's going to make you the best version of you. That's, that's where it really starts is you yeah. being the best version of you because like I always say, your kids do what you do before they do what you say. Any, you know, kids pick up on hypocrisy so quickly, whether they do it consciously or not, they pick up on that. So if you aren't, you know, if you're saying one thing, but you're not living that way, if you're saying you can be anything you want to be, Johnny, you know, you can grow up to do anything you want to do, but then they hear you talking to your wife later and you're like, oh my gosh, my boss, oh, I hate my job. Oh, I wish I was in better shape. Oh, I they may not directly, uh, you know, intellectually connect those dots, but do they connect the dots? Right? Yeah, so, I remember you talking about that the last time we spoke. You brought that up, and um, I shared that episode with a lot of my like close friends here because I, I found that to be really interesting. That you, in particular, that soundbite. You say you could be anything you want to be, and I think the parent believes that they could be anything they want to be, especially this day and age. If you have resources and whatnot, which is a whole separate thing, but if you actually believe that, but then you're not also kind of following that same intention, and it, that's. It's it's really really captivating when that soundbite that you had on the last episode we had I I took that away I I really try to take that to heart you know and and the beauty of of young person is that they do they will pick that up faster than than you and I would you know if I start coming to you and I'm like man oh my boss this or my boss you're more likely to go okay man and I'm gonna empathize with you and I'm gonna yeah you know. The kids, they don't have necessarily the experience to empathize, but they also don't have all of this crap to have to filter through. And they'll just go, well, geez, dad, then why aren't you doing something about that? You know, what the hell is going on then? Like, if you're telling me this, you know, so getting out of that fear, first and foremost, is uh, is the biggest thing the parents need to do. And then it is that intentionality of, of getting out of um, what culture says is needed versus what your young person says they need or shows you they need, you know, and I think parents get lost in that too, because 
It's the fear of other people's opinions of how I'm parenting. That's how I'm going to parent, you know, and, and I always say that, you know, there's so many parents that want that Harvard bumper sticker because they want it. They want I'm a Harvard parent on their bumper to prove to their own parents or to prove to their neighbors or to prove to their friends that they did a really good job parenting. And that's what culture says. You know, this this will be the proof. Um, and that's, and that's garbage. You got to audit your own kids, man. And, and each one of them might be, they might need a different, just like we were talking at the beginning, the different versions, you know, me and my friendship with, J with Jason and, and how I talk to him is not the same as my relationship with my wife and how I talk to her. Well, I've got, a, I'm a different dad to all three of my kids too, because they're all three very different people and need very different things. You know, and we've got to be intentional about that. So that's what you mean when you say, would you lead them? Um, more intentionally. That's really what you're referring to. Is that That's absolutely it, man? That's absolutely yeah. it. each one. What does each one need? What do they need for me right now? And, and you know, what do they need to see in my life? What do they need to see in the relationships around them? What kind of you know uh, fuel do they need? Inspiration? What kind of space do they need? What kind of opportunities do they need? What kind of challenges do they need? You know, yeah. each one of my my kids needs different challenges at different times to just be able to be the best version of themselves. Dude, I, I, that that's, it hits home for me because my children are very different. You know, <laughs> my daughter is much more. Um, she she thrives in school. She's very artistic, yep. uh, and she has some you know athletic desires, but not the same as my son. My son is much more of the primal uh, athletics, uh, much more aggressive in nature, right? Yep. And I have to work with them completely differently, and that's taken me a while to realize. You know, it, it, because. You kind of have this box that you think your kids going to be in, but in the end of the day, like they're so different that I need to react to them differently. I need to challenge them, like you're saying differently. Like with my son, I might need to push him a little bit more, but I might need to tone it back in some areas. And my daughter, I might need to push and pull on other areas. You know, that's um, right. That's right. And, and both going to yeah. one's going to grow up to be a man, one's going to grow up to be a woman, and so they each need something different from you as dad, right? He needs to see what a man looks like what a man does, how a man thinks, how a man behaves, how a man pushes himself. He needs to see that from you and have that, you know, that nudge. She needs to see you as what other men around her should act like, you know, and that's a different, it's a, it's, it's slight, but it is different. Um, you know, but then again, looking at each one of them and, and kind of what their giftings are and what kind of, um, things, you know, stress them out versus fire them up versus, um, you know, they need to work on like, I think it was Arthur Ashe said, you know, most parents would, uh, if they were raising a young person who was really, really good at tennis, but was struggling in math, they would want to get them, the, the young person, a math tutor. Um, I think you get them a tennis coach, you know, he's, and I think that's super powerful. Like what does each one need your support in? Um, and it's not going to be the same as the others. For sure. And when you talk about, would you eliminate distractions? I mean, are you talking like, I mean, we're not talking like social media distractions. I mean, that's a piece, right? We're talking about like in your, in, as a parent, like what type of distractions do you see from most of the parents at your school? I mean, is it, what, what's an example there, you know? Um, so, I mean, social media could be one, right? The, yeah. the, and, and the, you know, the whole phones thing, there's, there's a lot of parents who will, um, you know, be very, they're, they're focused on being present, but they're not present, right? They're there. And they, they look at just physically being next to their young human is like, okay, I've got that. I've got that covered. 
um, but you're not actually paying attention. You know, you're paying attention to something else, whether that's your phone, whether that's your friends, whether that's your, you know, the football game, whether that's whatever that is, you can, you can implement any distraction there. Um, but that there, there is no, I guess there is no blanket. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily yeah. have a blanket thing. Everybody's kind of got their own vice. Everybody's got their own thing. That distraction may be um, something that, you know, you're bringing work home and you're facing this, that distraction may be, um, you know, you and your wife uh, just had a disagreement. And so even though you're there with your kids, your energy is, is kind of get this negative energy because you're over there, you know, again, we're all going to mess it up, but being intentional about when I'm with them, just being focused on what they need um, and not getting distracted by whatever else is going on. It's a hard freaking thing to do, man, but it's, it's it is tough. It's something I try and focus on a lot and I pay attention to. But like I was traveling with the kids uh, for spring break like a week or two ago. Yeah. And I remember like my kids were like, hey, I, I was like, oh, hey, I have a um, a call I need to get on at this time. And then mm -hmm. after that, I'm good. Um, and I had a few emails or something like that. And I remember like my son and daughter, they both said to me like, hey, look, you told us that on this trip, you were going to, you know, not, not do those things. And I was like, Oh shit. You know, like, like, yeah, I got called out, you know, I got called out yeah. and it's just, it was a really nice reminder for me, right. That they're paying attention and that they can see when you're engaged or when you're not. And, and one of the things that I've found that's been helpful for me just as a parent for anybody listening is that when I'm engaging with them on, on some type of athletic thing, for some reason, it's really easy for me to hone in. So yeah. if I'm throwing the ball with Kaden or if I'm playing volleyball with my daughter, it's really easy to like put the phone down, just be fully engaged for hours on end because there's like this back and forth requirement where I don't get, I can't, I cannot get distracted because I'm in that moment yeah. versus like, I don't know, sitting there and watching TV as an example, which we don't really do as much, but that's easy to get distracted and just jump on your phone when you're not really with that person, you know? And it's, and it's hard for, you know, go getting uh, kind of, you know, alpha, alpha wired a types, you know, that we're always going out and we're accomplishing, we're achieving, we're running businesses, we've got teams, we've got, you know, I, that can get very, very hard. And I just, I think parents have to realize you've got to set, um, you know, what I, what I try to do with that. I've got multiple businesses that I'm running. I've got people that look to me that, you know, I employ and they need me to lead them as well. I've got to be very intentional about, um, creating time for all of that. I create a very specific time and my family knows, Hey, okay, during this time to this time, I'm going to focus on this. You guys are all good. You guys are taken care of. And when I say I'm done at this time, I need to be done at that time and go in and that's it. Like there needs to be a separation on that. I can't, Oh, hold on a second. I'm going to check back in and Oh, hold on a second. There's a, yeah, no, it's not an emergency. Like, you know, you, you break your time up accordingly. I like that. And, and, and I guess kind of like one of the last pieces you were talking about, I mean, live for them, but, but get yourself healthy. I mean, I think obviously it goes without saying, right? Like if you're, if you're not, you know, feeling good, healthy, I, that's going to impart onto the kids. And I think that's obviously food, sleep, exercise, hydration, but it's it just like, I don't know if people realize like through those things, like you're unlocking like this pill, this like secret pill that makes you feel better, that makes you live better, that, that gives you mental clarity throughout the day. Like I don't know if people realize the power of these things, you know, like, that, you anyways. don't, that's it, man. I agree with you. Like it, the, the mental, that's the biggest part of that is the mental, uh, you know, the mental clarity, the mental health, the, the happiness, the, the peace of mind, all of those things that you have when you're, when you are at your physical best, it makes you exponentially a better human being. 
So you're an exponentially better parent. Like it's not even close, you know? And again, like this, this time that we have our young people under our roof and, and especially, and it's kind of almost weighted, right? It's like those first five years are, are the most, I mean, they're the most important. And then really that next five years, kind of that five and then the next kind of five years, like it, it, it kind of gradually goes down. But what you're doing is you are building their entire, uh, inner world here, you're building this belief system and all of these little inner voices that all of us have, whether it's the voice when we're working out, the voice when we're just kind of hanging out by ourselves, when it's really quiet, when we're thinking through whatever, we've got those little voices, those voices for them, they are your, they're your voice. They're the parental voice for a long time, right? So you need to be so intentional on building that voice and yes, other voices start to come in and then they start to develop their own sense of self. They start to develop their own voice, right? But you've got a very small window of time realistically to make that voice as positive and influential and impactful as you can. And you got to take that more seriously than any other job you've got. So I love that. The The first zero to five, five to 10, yeah. I mean, I know you hear like different statistics and stuff, but I mean, have you actually, you've witnessed this personally with, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of students in your schools on a regular basis like Absolutely. that, you know, so if someone has a child and they're zero to five, is there anything in particular? And, and I know at the end of the day, look, you want to have a positive environment. There's always things I think most people look at and be like, yeah, dude, that makes sense. But anything that stands out that from zero to five, five to 10, uh, 10 to 15, that is like a difference in the way that parents can approach things that might make a bigger impact in the future that you've witnessed. Uh, like, is there a difference in the way that you, I guess, raise from the different ages, if that makes yeah, sense? That's, no, it, it does make sense. And it actually is. Yeah, there is a kind of a developmental, you know, kind of developmental stages that they go through in those first, you know, those, those first years um, it's, so the one blanket thing across across stages is many experiences as we can put in front of them, right? And I don't mean they've got to go to Disneyland, they've got to go have horseback riding. They need just experiences of getting out and and just being in the world, um, taking on responsibilities, and and they they need those kind of those kind of things all throughout. Um, but that early, those early uh, developmental years, those first five years, man, um, you know, obviously, uh, obviously, the love, the positivity, the consistent interaction getting out of the baby talk, like talking to them like adults from the get go, um, it is huge for them cheering on their failures, right? I always talk about, you know, parents, you cheer on their failures. You start doing that early. They're, they're a year old and they start pulling up on the couch and they start getting wobbly because you know, they're trying to learn to walk and then they fall down. Well, that's a failure. They're not walking, but what do you do? You go, yes, man. And you cheer it on because you know that if they continue, they're going to start walking, right? Right. But at school later on, that teaches you failure. Well, that's no longer an option. And then all of a sudden, we're switching their mindset at five years old, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" And you know, so it's it's that kind of thing. So continuing to turn those failures and having high expectations of in that zero to five, good manners is a, is a big deal. And it's yeah. not that you beat them over the head like, "Oh, how dare you!" No, it's not. It's you good manners. We're going to say, yes, sir. We're going to say, no, sir. We're going to say, please. We're going to say, thank you. We're going to look somebody in the eye. We're going to shake their hands. You start to normalize those things really, really early. And you really do it by exaggerating when they do the right thing. And then just kind of doing a gentle reminder when they don't, right? When my son is who's six, you know, when he opens the, the doors just for his sisters and he goes, ladies first, it, that because that's just what we do. I'm like, yes. Hey, <laughs> right. Yes. Right. right. Give me some. 
Like you're the man. That's awesome. You know, and I just exaggerated every single time I make sure I highlight it so that that becomes normalized for him early. Right. And if he doesn't do it, I go, Hey man, what do we do? Ah, ladies first. And it's just a reminder, right? Like that's all it is. We're doing that for every one of their, those positive attributes that you want them to live out. You're doing that consistently all day, every day, zero to five. Like you're just doing that consistently. Then you can start to challenge them after that. that they get to that six, seven-year-old range. Then they start wanting some actual responsibilities. So you, you keep going with the positivity, but you start adding responsibilities in there for them. right? And you start um, you know chores, or, chores around the house. If they want to help you cook dinner, heck yeah. That's what we yeah. do, man. We help each other out. You bring them in. Yes, it makes it take longer. Yes, it makes a mess. Yes, stuff gets broken. Um, but you start to shoulder those responsibilities you know, early and often it's when they get to that 10, 11, 12, that they can start to think, um, in a little bit more abstract and you start to really pepper in, um, the higher level conversations, right? You're just kind of normalizing. Here's what good behavior, good attitude, good thought process looks like. Here's what it's not. If they bring any questions, you kind of answer the questions that they've got just kind of to the level of where it is. But once they hit that 11 or 12, then you need to be proactive about having, uh, kind of more abstract conversations. That's where you can take a book or you can take a movie and you can go, hmm, all right, Jason. So that was, you know, that was an interesting movie we just watched or an interesting book, you know, we just read. What would you have done if you were in, you know, Scout's situation at, at that point? Like, how would you have handled that? What would, it, what would you have done? Would you have done anything different? Would you yeah. start, abs, you know, abstract things there? Right, right, right. Man, I can listen to you talk about kids and uh, and life all day long, just because I think that you bring a really cool vantage point that I'm that I'm I'm continually striving towards, right? And I think a lot of people are, um, but being aware of it, I think, is the first step, and and just trying to be like the best I could be is 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 my goal. Um, and I think for any parent out there who who, who is not exercising, they're they're missing out on just a really valuable piece, you know, because when you go out there, and even if you go for a walk. Just when you come back in, just the difference in your mindset, the difference in your mental attitude, the difference in your positivity, it's just night and day. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, those, those micro pieces of adversity that we could overcome, I think really helped to build our confidence over the years. And I think for kids too, you know, like my daughter and I, you know, this morning we're in the cold plunge and that's been something that we've been exploring. I'd love to talk to you more about it, but it's like yeah. the, the, the cold has been something really unique that I've been experiencing with the kids. Yeah. I don't know how much experience you've had with it, but it's. It's something new that we're doing, um, and I can't wait to kind of like report back on it months down the line about the impact it's had, you know? Oh, that's awesome. That's so rad. And so, you know, Ryan Dewey, uh, founder of The Cold Plunge, is a good friend of mine. Oh, uh, yeah. He, I'm actually going to be talking to him pretty soon. I, I think that his product is incredible. And so, you, you know what I mean? Like, so, ha have you have you been in it? You've been in it so far? I have not gotten to go. I've done ice baths. I've done yeah. cryotherapy. I've done that. So I haven't used his particular product yet. Um, which, uh, I think we've got a schedule here though, for a couple of weeks. Cause they're going on, uh, we're going on, we're going to be promoting them. They're going on shark tank, like May 2nd. Yep. Uh, yep. So, yep. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to uh, connect with them next time I'm in SAC area. Dude, I'm telling you, like for me, that's been one of the most impactful things so far for the yeah. mood change in the kids. Like in particular, my daughter, Yeah. she gets out of that water. Her mood is like night and day. And it's like, oh, yeah. Uh, and anyways, I just want to keep thinking about these new things. Like, like you talk about, you know, every one of your kids can be a little bit different leading by intention. And, you know, I think that there's so many of these common themes, like it's not okay to do these things, but it's like, well, why not? Right. Like if it's good for me, maybe it'd be good for my kids. You know, like for example, I was doing foam rolling with my son 
And some people would say to me like, Hey, he's only eight years old and he's doing foam rolling on his legs. It's like, yeah, dude, his, his muscles get tight. Like just cause he's young doesn't mean his muscles don't get tight. You know, <laughs> like just hit on one of the most important concepts for people to realize there is this weird. And again, I don't think it gets, uh, verbalized as such, but there is this weird concept that we have, uh, kind of been duped into culturally that kids are like essentially training how to be human beings. No, they're human beings. So if something makes sense for you as an adult, as far as doing something physically has a specific response or something like, then chances are it may be directly the exact same thing for these young people, right? If you and I don't want to have to raise our hand and I don't want to have to call somebody or look at somebody else and go, Hey, is it okay if I go to the bathroom? And I don't want them to say, well, no. And they go, Oh dang it. Okay. That's well, Hey, maybe for young kids, maybe they shouldn't have to do that either. Maybe they should just be able to go to the bathroom and they want to go to the bathroom. Right. It's like, that's a, uh, it's a, it's a goofy example. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Offshoot, but it works. Like it's, we don't, we don't make that correlation, man. They're human beings. So of course, those are the experiences I'm talking about. You've got your daughter. She jumps in there and you notice a mood change. That's an experience that if you had never put her in that cold plunge, you never would have known that that was something that's, that, you know, she kind of thrives with. That's awesome. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and for, for parents listening, you know, like one of the reasons why I thought there could be an impact is because we would go to the ocean fortunate enough to live in Northern California where we're, we have access to Santa Cruz mm-hmm. and the water there is not warm but it's also not frozen. And if you just go in get exposure to it, when you come out, like you just see a difference, right? They yeah. more alive, you know, uh, releasing endorphins, whatever. Yes. And so I figured, Oh, can we put the water at the temperature, you know, similar to the ocean, right? Where it's not like freezing yeah. and see if it made an impact. And so far it's been really profound. Um, we should talk more about it. I, I just, I just think it's cool. It's, it's something that I'm really diving into lately. Um, because like you said, they are humans. And if it works for me, maybe it'll work for them. And, you know, within, we're not trying to do extremes here. We're just trying to test and see what happens and if it makes an impact. That's it. That's, that's it, man. And that's the intentionality, Dude, right? That's, that's the intentionality. intentionality. That's, that's thinking through things. That's not getting up every day, just going, okay, I'm just going to follow along status quo. Same thing I did yesterday. Same thing everybody else does. Same thing everybody else tells me I'm supposed to do right? Getting out of that rut makes all the difference in the world. And it doesn't have to be anything crazy, huge, you know, magnanimous, but it's those slight differences over time, that consistent compound uh, effect, you know, and it turns our young people into just, it unleashes what we're all capable of. It just unleashes that in them early. You know, I, for those, um, you know, we, we will attach the previous episode we did, um, talking about your schools, talking about Apogee Strong, but I think what you're doing is is not only do I think it's industry leading, but I think it's also going to make a big impact for the future. You know, I think that you're teaching good, responsible. You're, you're just you're trying to build really resilient humans, which I think is really important in a day and age where I think we're always striving to be more comfortable. I think you're one of the select few who's trying to get you know people a little bit more uncomfortable, specifically with kids, in an appropriate manner. So I want to thank you for what you're doing. Um, I think people should definitely check out Apogee Strong. Um, that's going to be your online version, or they could check out your schools, right? Yeah, of course, man. Absolutely, check out the Acton Academy, you know, and, and Acton Placer, or the the schools that uh, you know that I'm running. But I'm part of that Acton Academy network, so ActonAcademy.org. If people are interested in taking a look at what we're doing with the schools, for sure, man. I, I just think, hey, I would die for my child, but would you live for them? I just, ah, oh, man. 
It just it just resonates really heavily with me. And so if uh, if people want to find out more about what you have going on, aside from the podcast and checking out the schools, should they just go follow you on social because you're dropping great knowledge bombs on a daily basis? Yeah, I mean, I'm active on, you know, most active probably on uh, on Instagram. Uh, but any way I can help people, man, connect with me on Instagram, throw a DM. Um, if you want to, you know, we're talking specifically about raising young dragon slayers uh, at the Man Uncaged event that we have coming up in Northern California in a, in a week or so. Got a great lineup, man, and, and uh, of just good humans. But I get to talk specifically about raising um, awesome young humans too. So. Man Uncaged. You know, I saw that come up and yeah. uh, I need to, I need to go, I will go dive into it more. Um, what, 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 so what's the intention of Man Uncaged? Because I saw you briefly mention it, but then yeah. I... Yeah. yeah. So we, you know, it was um, I, a, this really amazing guy uh, who was part of the the Airbnb startup. This guy, Bear Kingery, is a phenomenal human. Um, and he kind of reached out to a few of us early last year and just said, hey, if I can bring together kind of an Avengers group for uh, for raising, you know, for for bringing up good men in this country and empowering our men to be better, you know, husbands and fathers and leaders and entrepreneurs who should we all bring together? And so he flew all of us and our families to Mexico and we spent a week together um, just kind of gelling as a, as a unit, but uh, putting together kind of our game plan for this too. So this is our first um, kind of iterations. Myself, Bedros Koulian, John Lovell of Warrior Poet Society, uh, Jack Donovan, Tanner Guzzi, Ryan Mickler, uh, Stephen Mansfield, um, just some really good, really good guys. Everybody taking a, you know, a different angle. At how do we just make men better we don't believe in toxic masculinity we think those things are are diametrically opposed you know and that's obviously you know with apogee that's what we're doing we want to build good men um who who are leading and so we're all coming together we're doing a live event um just to help men be better men and that's my part is how can we help raise the next generation of good men to be better than us you know because those are the leaders we're gonna i'm gonna look to my boy to lead you know at some point so um that's what we're doing man it's a it's a cool cool group dude all right. Well, I'm excited about that. I'm going to go and go check that out right now. Um, for those of you who are not following Matt, make sure you guys do go check out everything that's going on. I always appreciate you. I, I love talking to you. It just, it gets me lit up for the rest of my day just to kind of be a better version of what I am. So that's thanks awesome. again for your time, brother. Really appreciate it. And uh, I'm looking forward to chatting again sometime soon. Grateful, sir.